Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today we're broadcasting live, you know where, from the Freedom Phone Studios in Washington, D.C. Yes, we're big fans of the phone, and we've introduced you to a special discount offer. Check it out at justthenews.com slash Freedom Phone. Really fun opportunity if you like a phone that has some additional privacy protection capabilities and also a commitment to apps that are free speech first. Well, then you've got the right phone here. Really fun stuff. We've brought Eric Finman on the show a couple times. Great guy and a young entrepreneur trying to make a difference. And the left has attacked him and technology companies have attacked him. But you know what? He's going strong because his heart is in the right place and his product has a lot of great features, including an operating system that's very unique. All right. Today, we're going to move our focus from the FBI and other places where we often have it. Hunter Biden. Uh, Russia collusion. We can go through all the ones that are our favorites, right? And we're going to put it back on China, a very important topic for the future of America. China is our primary military and economic competitor. They have a goal. They've stated it publicly. This isn't secret. is isn't anonymous sources telling us this. China has stated their desire to supplant the United States as the premier economic and uh, military superpower in the world. Our military leaders say they have made enormous progress, particularly in the Pacific theater, in gaining supremacy in uh, the military realm and uh, with our economy teetering with inflation and high, uh, extraordinary jaw-dropping deficits and misspending and, and weak economic factors, China looks for every opportunity to move the ball forward. And we've talked about it all through the pandemic, the supply chain issues that we saw with uh, masks and, and ventilators and pharmaceuticals, uh, America being way too reliant, even, even gowns, hospital gowns, way too reliant on China for our goods. Well, guess what? We have another place where China has slowly but very methodically been encroaching. It's called farmland. China has been buying up lots of farmland and farm assets in the United States. Remember, we currently export a lot of our agricultural goods to China. That's a good market for American farmers. But China's been buying it up, trying to get an upper hand on U.S. soil. And um, according to the latest figures, more than 200,000 acres of Chinese national land the government has bought through intermediaries or directly through its corporations. China has. That is a big swath of land. And there is somebody 
who's got their eye on the ball, that wants to put a stop to it, that wants to put a legislative fix into place. His name is Congressman Dan Newhouse from the great state of Washington, a third generation farmer himself, former agriculture secretary for the state of Washington. He has been working with Republicans and Democrats alike to get an amendment in one of the appropriations bill to address this, to put the spotlight on communist China buying up farmland, clearly trying to weaken America in yet another place. Food supply already weakened us in medical supply chain and other places. We're overly dependent on them for rare earth minerals and, and semiconductors and other stuff that is now in the China realm. Well, Congressman Newhouse doesn't want to let that happen to the American farmer, to the United States food consumer. We all like our food, our dinners, our steaks, our, our cereals, our milks all the things that come from the great farmland of America and the great farmers of America. Well, he's got a solution. We're going to bring him on the show and he's going to tell you all about it in just a few minutes. First, though, let's go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, our exclusive interview with Congressman Dan Newhouse from the state of Washington, the man behind the drive to put an end to China's unfettered purchasing of American agricultural land, farmland. Once again, another part of their campaign to supplant the United States as the economic superpower of the world. We'll be right back with the whole story in just a second. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, Congressman Dan Newhouse from the great state of Washington, is joining us today. He's a farmer in his spare time, and he also has done some really significant work in looking at the role that China is playing in buying up American farmland, putting more pressure on our economy. Congressman Newhouse, great to have you on the show today. Well, thank you. It's exciting to be with you. I appreciate it, John. Well, it's an honor to have you. This is such an important issue. You know, we go about our business every day and we're trying to get the kids to soccer games in school and we go shopping and we see maybe the prices are a little higher at the food store. But you've really uncovered something that I think is pretty significant in, in a really sort of a intent by China to buy up American farmland and kind of squeeze our economy. Tell us what, you, what you're seeing in real life. Well, this is something that we, we discovered, and it, it is all of those things you said, but it's really concerning, too. Uh, the fact that from what we've been able to determine is that the People's Republic of China has a stated goal of not only buying up assets in other countries, as we know they are doing through their Belt and Road Initiative, but to include the United States as a target for uh, purchasing and acquiring assets. And I'm focusing in, in my legislation, in my amendment to the appropriations bill on farm assets, farmland, and those kinds of things related to the agricultural industry. And if you look at the numbers, uh, over the last decade, we've seen a, a huge increase in the acquisition of these kinds of assets, farmland in particular, by the People's Republic of China. And, and that's that to me is just a direction that while we can, we should do all, all we can to 
to to stop. You know, China, uh, you can say a lot of things about China. They're a trading partner. They're one of the largest economies in the world. But the fact of the matter is they are not our ally. And the ability for them to become ingrained into our economy by the purchase of agricultural assets could lead us at some point in the future to be become dependent on, on communist China for our agricultural production. We don't want that to happen. We want to stop that in its tracks. And so the, my effort is to do exactly that. Currently, there are only six states that have any kind of restrictions like that that I'm talking about. So this is, this is something I think is desperately needed in our country to prevent China, communist China, from taking over our agricultural industry. It's, it's pretty remarkable that this has been going on and so little attention has gone. It shows you how patient and persistent the Chinese are in carrying out their economic agenda. And of course, they've, they've, they're clear about what they want. They want to supplant the United States as the premier economic power to make us dependent on them. So they're, they're overt in what they say they're doing, but sometimes we, we don't see the progress that they're making until someone like you steps into the void and says, hey, this is a problem and let's, let's try to... Uh, Resolve it. Now, you've got some interesting people that have joined you. In fact, if I understand correctly, on the other side of the aisle, Elizabeth Warren has very similar sentiments and and is working on a a same issue. What's been the reaction in Congress since you started to take these moves? Well, as you can imagine, it has been very positive for the most part. Uh, And and I I can say on both sides of the aisle, a bipartisan interest in accomplishing this. Uh, Not universal. But um, if the committee votes on adopting the amendment as any indication, I believe it was a unanimous voice vote. There could have been one quiet, subtle no vote. Um, but on a, a large committee like appropriations, that's, that's pretty significant. It's a rare moment. So, yeah. Especially when someone from the minority party offers an amendment in, a, in an appropriations hearing, they usually, and this is how it usually goes, are not accepted. And to have something that passes unanimously is pretty rare. So uh, I think that that tells us that there's concern across the board and the direction that, that uh, people see China taking. You know, we've been able to witness this in other countries, uh, them taking over critical assets. And, and I, I just don't think that that sets well no matter what side of the political aisle you are on, uh, to see that happen in our country. Yeah, and it's a, it's an education moment. I, uh, I When I started telling folks, even in my own office, you know, journalists are pretty plugged in, like, you're kidding me, they're buying up farmland and farm assets. I'm like, yeah, no, they really are. And then you go out to the real world. Now, you've, you've had amazing experience. I mean, you're a third-generation farmer yourself, and then you were the agriculture commissioner, I believe, in, in Washington State before you joined Congress. Um, what do American farmers see in this? I mean, what, what are they worried about when they look at these dynamics? Uh, well, uh, several things. And, and yes, I, I was born and raised on a farm, and I'm happy to say that my son continues very actively engaged, so our farm continues to, even while I am here in Congress. And How and cool is that? That's and great. that's a you know, great thing. It really is. And I want to see that ability uh, for American farmers farms to continue on into future generations. But with the you know, challenges in agriculture, we're, we're subject, certainly it's very obvious this year, subject to changes in the weather. Uh, Mother Nature has a say in 
in production. Costs are continually uh, uh, going up and pressures are high. It, it's difficult to move assets into the next generation. And when you have more competition, other countries that are looking at taking advantage of cycles, ups and downs in the farm economy, a country like China looking, looking for opportunities, that's very concerning. Uh, competing in the marketplace with, you know, with, with American farmers uh, on American soil, I can tell you that doesn't sit very well with my neighbors. Yeah, no, it's got to be scary uh, because we've seen what China has done in other countries once they got the upper hand on on uh, supply chain um, assets. The pandemic, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes to how the global economy's evolution has made America dependent on people who may not be reliable in moments of crisis or in moments of war, moments of tension. And so do you think beyond farmland, which is such an important issue in farm assets, which you've now put on the table and gotten bipartisan momentum uh, going, uh, that the larger question of where will America make its goods, whether it's medicines and drugs or or uh, masks uh, or uh, hospital gowns, all the things that we found ourselves short of at the beginning of the pandemic. Do you think there's a moment for America to not only identify the assets and say, we're going to bring these homebound, we're going to do them here, but to maybe create a little bit of a manufacturing renaissance in the United States. We've gotten a little used to sending things overseas, letting them get built there and importing them. But is there a moment for both parties to say we could create a manufacturing renaissance in America? You know, I, I think if anything, you know, there's always a silver lining to every cloud. And if right. anything the pandemic has taught us is that it is a very vulnerable place to be when you're totally dependent on foreign sources of anything. Uh, if you don't have the infrastructure or a critical mass of the ability to produce and manufacture some pretty basic items, uh, you're going to be held uh, hostage to to others' wishes and whims. And that's, you know, for the United States to be in that kind of a position, I think is uh, it will do exactly what you're saying. People are going to be uh, examining this, looking at, okay, what are some of those key uh, industries that we, you know, we shouldn't totally relent to other countries, that we, we should keep some kind of presence in our country. But the biggest, you know, most Americans that I know like to eat three times a day. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and if we're, one thing I think everybody would agree with, uh, that we cannot be dependent on our source of food from totally from foreign sources, particularly if those, if those foreign sources are not allied to us. And so that's, I think that is why this strikes such a nerve. You know, the, yeah. the reliance on a potentially strong adversary uh, is a, a, a very scary place to be when you're talking about our food source. How do we get to this point? You know, I've asked that. I asked Newt Gingrich recently. I had him on the podcast, and he said, you know, of all the things he did when he was in Congress, he feels like doing, uh, giving, changing the most favored nation status uh, uh, thing for China, so that they had permanent trade relations with America. Maybe the thing he regrets more than anything else he's done in his political life. Um, when you look back at this, how did Americans become? Uh, so uh, lost of attention that China made all of these gains. We wake up one day and we, you know, semiconductors and rare uh, earth minerals and uh, farmland and medical supplies and drugs. All of a sudden, China's got a corner on the market. Uh, how over 20, 30 years did we get to this point? 
You know, that's a great question, and I'd love to. I'm going to have to look back and listen to your interview with Mr. Gingrich about that. But I think one of the things, John, that we can admit is a difference between our two countries, our two cultures, and our, yeah. and our way of thinking in the United States versus China. You know, we, frankly, Americans think short term uh, in a lot of ways. Our government's set up that way to, you know, I'm in the House of Representatives. We have elections every two years. We're kind of just looking at things that are more immediate than they are uh, long into the future. The Senate may be a little better because they have six-year terms, so they're thinking a little longer term. In a country like China and in a government system that they have, they're thinking 10 years in advance, 100 years in advance. Their plans are well thought out, and they just, you know, it's, it's kind of like the old tortoise and the hare fable. They're, they just continue plug, plug, plodding along, making steady progress, and, and, and we see exactly what you're describing. We wake up one day and think, well, how did they get all that? How did they build all that? manufacturing capability in, in whatever field you, you're, you're pointing to. Uh, but it's, it's through slow, steady, determined, intentional work. And I don't know if we can, you know, we recognize this. I think a lot of smart people see the difference between our, our two societies and how we work. Uh, but we've not done a very good job, frankly, of rising to the occasion and doing anything to, about that. So I think that's one of the challenges that we we should be facing. And that's what makes your efforts, the fact that it's gotten so much bipartisan support, so remarkable, because it really is a rare moment when both sides said, you know what, this is a good idea. Let's just get it done. Uh, It it was a remarkable thing. We covered it here at Just the News, and uh, and we got a lot of feedback. And I know a lot of farmers wrote us about, you know, how excited they were to see someone stepping into the void and showing leadership and, and and getting it done. As we wrestle with this, is is China adversary, friend of me, clearly not ally. We know that now for sure. Um, there was a pretty remarkable moment in the last few days where the, the Justice Department decided to drop uh, charges against five or six Chinese researchers who had been charged with failing to disclose when they came to the United States to work at universities, their, their ties to the Chinese military, to the PLA. I'm curious if that message, uh, what message that sends both to the American marketplace and law enforcement who worked on it and to the larger question of China and the United States and how we're going to deal with these efforts to steal our ideas, our innovation, our products and and buy up our land and our resources. Uh, Was that a setback in the U.S.-China relations or how do you look at it when you when you heard that announcement? Well, China and the United States have a a complicated relationship, right? We, we're the two largest economies in the world. We're, we are somewhat dependent on each other in, in many ways. You know, China is a huge market for American agriculture and other products. And as you know, we buy a lot of things that are manufactured in China. For for Americans. Sure. Yeah. You know, a lot of things. I bet you the clothes you're wearing right now, now John, there's a good chance yep. if you look at the Probably made in China. Yep, you're uh, exactly right. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a, I hate to call it a love-hate relationship. But there's, you know, it's it's a, a a complex relationship, certainly. Yeah. And and I don't think that um, that my effort here in limiting, prohibiting their ability to buy important agricultural assets in the United States um, is contrary to to. Uh, either improving or coexisting with China. I think it's a, it's a very 
strategic and smart action that we should take to be certain that we are not totally dependent on them for anything. Just like we were saying for the critical uh, products that uh, we found ourselves short of during them, we need to make sure that we have the ability to produce a food supply for our people and for many in the rest of the world that depend on the United States of America. So I think if anything, this is a wake up call and I'm guessing that I hope and humbly I'm saying this, I'm hoping that this effort will spur the thinking and examining of other things that we should be more proactive on as it relates to our relationship with China. Yeah, no, it's such an interesting dynamic. And I think uh, there's been an awakening in the last 48 uh, months, maybe 72 months, to the challenges that America now faces as China executes its very disciplined economic policies. Um, Are there other countries down the road that we should be concerned about buying up farmland or buying up assets or trying to corner the market on on important resources. Uh, anyone else besides China that we ought to, you know, we as Americans should just keep our eye on and say, hey, let's keep an eye on that. Well, actually, the opponents of my amendment, and I don't know if you've heard the latest news on it, that the majority party, the Democrats, are wanting to change the language as the, commi- the, the committee passed. Okay. And it includes countries of North Korea, Iran, and Russia. So it doesn't just single out China. China, yeah. The others don't have the economic resources that China has, but I guess I understand that they probably don't have our best interest at hand either. Is that something that is palatable to Republicans? Well, so a couple things about that. The premise was that my legislation, my amendment, would cause anti-Asian feelings in our country. Uh, I think I saw Congresswoman Meng may have said something to that effect at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, that certainly was not my intention. Of course. And so what, what I did was remove any language that, that uh, referred to Chinese nationals and made it specific and clear that this only prohibited the communist Chinese government. So that, you know, if there was a Chinese national that had no ties to the government, they would not be included in this prohibition. Interesting. And and then the other thing about this, too, John, if you look at North Korea, for instance, they're one of the other countries. They have no ability to buy anything. They don't. They're cash poor. (laughs) So they're hard. They can't even feed their own people. Exactly. If you look at Russia, you know, China's got almost 200,000 acres right now in the United States. Russia has, I think, 800. Wow. If you look at Iran, the other country that's listed. Yep. They have, I think, just around 2,000, mere percentage of what China has. And the thing is, over the last couple of decades, none of those countries have been buying to any degree. Yeah. They've been dormant, right? Yeah. Right. China, on the other hand, over the last decade, has been increasing dramatically, 10 times the purchases of what they had a decade ago. So yeah. I'm looking at this, okay, we're trying to solve a potential problem here. We're trying to stop something from happening. Listing those other countries is, to me, totally immaterial. They're not yeah, a threat. It's window dressing. They're not. Yep. The problem here is the People's Republic of China and the, and the communist government. And the change that the Democrats are making, I think it's going to water down the amendment, take the focus off of China, and it's not going to be nearly as impactful. Mm-hmm. And get this, 
they removed any reference to the communist government. Really? So if, if the goal was to make it less anti-Asian, they've just, I think, narrowed it to where people are going to think about individuals and, and not the government. So I think it's just, uh, it wasn't even written correctly in my estimation, but wow. they didn't ask me. Yep. Well, it's a, it's a shameful thing when political correctness overcomes political common sense. And uh, there's no doubt from the American people, all that we heard, because when we wrote this story, we heard from lots of people right away uh, that people saw in your approach a very common sense way to protect the American economy from a very strong form of Chinese aggression in our, in our marketplace. And I think uh, people are deeply grateful, sir, for what, what you've done. How do people stay in touch with what you're doing? You've got a really fun portfolio being on appropriations, doing those things. How do people follow your work every day if they, if they want to keep in touch with you? So we try to stay as active as we can on social media, trying to keep people up to date. Uh, certainly can look at my website and sign up for my regular newsletters that, that try to communicate with my constituents on a regular basis to make sure that they're aware of what I'm doing and some of the things that we're working on. Right. And you know what? That gives me a great source of, of ideas and suggestions from, you know, we have a lot of smart people in this country and a lot of them are in my district that have a lot of lot of great ideas on things that we can be doing. So uh, that's always welcome to have that kind of input. What a novel idea. A congressman that stays in touch with his constituents and solicits solicits their ideas. What a great idea. That's exactly what our founding fathers intended, sir. Well, I am so grateful, sir, for the time. This is a really fascinating issue, one we need to educate the American public on. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing and also the time you spent with us today to to get us up to speed on, on what's going on on this. Well, thanks, John. And, and thanks for, for focusing on it and calling attention to it. I think this is really a critical issue. It is. I appreciate you helping educate people about it and some of the things that we should be doing to preserve our place in the world and protect our American way of life and, and make sure that we are not dependent on adversaries for some pretty pretty basic things. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's such an important issue. And I think people are catching on and because of your good work, they now have a solution in place too, which is a good, uh, or in progress, I should say. So that's wonderful. Sir, thanks again for joining us and we'll be sure to get you back on. We're going to follow this issue until its completion. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. So grateful you can join us today. Such an important issue. Really got to see the cerebral nature, the cerebral solution that Congressman Newhouse and other Republicans and Democrats who are getting serious about China have for the farmland issue, the the Beijing buying up our farmland. What an important story. 
You can't miss it. And I'm so glad we were able to bring you a thorough conversation about it here on Just the News on John Solomon Reports. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, when you need a news fix, you know what? You can go to justthenews.com or as you probably heard on our site this morning, there's a new aggregation site out there. Yes, Matt Drudge's former deputy, Joe Curl, fantastic journalist. I work with him at the Washington Times. He's A-OK, one of the best. He has decided to challenge his former boss, take on the Drudge Report as the supreme aggregator of news in America. And he has created a new site, offthepress.com. Check that out, offthepress.com. One of America's great journalists, Joe Curl, a friend of mine, Great journalist. He has started a competitor to the Drudge Report. Isn't that great? Competition is how we solve our needs, our disputes, our wants, our innovations in the marketplace. Joe Curl stepped into the void. Check it out. It's a good read. Offthepress.com. Great ally of Just the News, and we're supporting Off the Press as well. Check it out when you get a chance. Matt Drudge finally hears some footsteps in his background. Keep it out. Pretty interesting. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from... Just the news. Thank you.